Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Graubacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Jonathan DeYo. Jonathan, are you ready to do this? I am ready to do it, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Jonathan is a CPWA. He's an AIF, a best-selling author, a speaker. He's the president of DeYo Wealth Management and the founder of Mindful Money. I'm excited to have you on. Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Um, yeah, great. I'm, I'm just really glad to be back again and to, to chat with you some more. Um, and nothing has changed. I mean, the first time we did this, uh, uh, you know, we were on shelter in place and yeah. we're still on shelter in place. So, you know, in the house, we're just bumping her into each other quite a bit. You know, we're having some more dinner together. We've, we've instituted, uh, eighties movie nights on Fridays. We've Thanks. seen, you know, with, uh, with my 12 year old and 15 year old. And we did, uh, we did one that I'm not sure was the right thing for the 12 year old. We, we watched um, Jerry Maguire, which there's a, you know, there's kind of a racy, you know, sex scene in there that I'm like, oof. I was like, I can't believe I did that. Uh, I did. I forgot. I totally forgot it was in there. But, sure. You know, whatever we're doing, we're doing and we're, we're, we're sort of hanging out together uh, a lot more. I took my first foray out into the world in about two months this week, last weekend. My, I went and saw my brother and my two nephews and my son was with us and, and we just, we stayed on two different sides of the soccer field and booted a soccer ball back and forth and figured we were safe and uh, we got to get out and get some get some sun and get some fresh air and that was really good. Nice. Um, you know, and in terms of the in terms of the office, it's you know we're kind of coming back around to where you know two months ago we all started working from home you know except for one of us and, and then shortly thereafter another one of us there's eight of us in the office and two people were working from the office and everyone else working from home and and then you know one of the team working from home doesn't have really an office space she she's got a roommate and so you know she's basically sitting on her bed um you know working on her laptop uh and another 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 uh, one of our teammates uh, has a three-year-old at home and so really it's tough to get anything done because uh, the real, you know, demands and deserves attention. So, For sure. So, and, and it has no, you know, no daycare nor, and it's, that's, you know, gone. So we've, we figured out a lot of that. We figured out some technology that helped us communicate, but we've just basically said, you know, if you got to take a break, mental health day, you got to, you can't show up for, you know, whatever, I don't even care what the reason is you got to take care of yourself right now and, and we'll, we'll manage without whatever it is you gotta, you know, you gotta go do, you gotta go do. And so we want to, um, support all the team members in their in their personal lives because it's you know this is interesting um, and that and the business has done really well the last couple of months we've done you know intake calls we've you know we've developed new clients we've started financial planning processes with a lot of different people um, and I think that you know the next six months is going to be very interesting for our industry anyone that does it right who does financial planning and really gets to know their clients and you know, doesn't overcharge, doesn't sell them crappy products. And anyone that's doing the right thing in our industry is going to do really well in the next six months. Um, and that same thing happened to us in 2008. You know, uh, world fell apart in 2008 and my business grew more than it's ever grown that, you know, the six months or a year after 2008, after the, you know, after Bear Stearns went under and, and the, you know, Great Recession was, you know, in sway. Suddenly clients are like, oh my God, you know, I need help at this. And so they, they'd come and talk to us and those clients are still clients and we'll be clients for, you know, 
as long as I think we're in business and as long as as long as they uh, need our services. So um, I think this is a, a, a you know, they, they say that when when there's a market dislocation, stocks return to the rightful owners. Hmm. I think I think that the advisors benefit uh, when when there's a dislocation. I think I think people who maybe weren't sure they seek out advice and then they never leave because they see the benefits finally. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate all that. And I'm glad to hear it. So we're having this conversation on June the 1st. Jonathan and I initially talked on May 15th, but my uh, audio engineer, me, <laughs> screwed up the audio. So here here, here we are having the conversation again, which, which is awesome. But I mean, what a difference essentially two weeks can make, right? It's obviously you're still sheltering in place, but a lot of the rest of the United States is opening up. But now we have what's going on with... Um, with, with the protests. Um, and so it's, it's, it's certainly been a tricky year. And I know that when we talked, you'd been holding a ton of webinars and the number of people at first was, was, was huge and slowly, but surely it's sort of been whittling down. So where, where, where now do you think that, 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 that people are at, I don't want to call it in, in, in the grieving process, but it's certainly through a process, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I just literally just, I had to leave my um, my Q and A session with clients to get here. We we had double booked the space, so I, I just got off the. I left I left everyone to get a hands. You know, Scott is in there answering questions. David's in there answering questions, and my and one of my one of my planning team is in there answering questions. So there's we still we have we have a bunch of us that are answering questions. Usually, I do some presentation uh, about what's you know what's going on in the market, and the economy. Well, less the market, more the economy, and uh, and today, you know, the whole, it was all about um, not and 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 you know, everyone has a different sense of what this means. But we started today's Q and A with a moment of silence uh, and and remembering George Floyd, um, and the, you know everything that's come out of that. And I've seen the, you know, I've seen the mayors talk, and I've and I've seen um, I've listened to a lot of people talk about how. You know this looting and rioting is terrible and it's bad and 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 I just I'm personally torn um, between the the two maybe it's not extremes but I'm I'm torn because you know I don't like looting and I don't I don't like rioting and I don't like the destruction of private property and I and I and I do think it's probably um, uh, it probably does more harm than good in the big picture but there's a point at which you know when you when you this many black men get killed by police. There's a point, and I, and I think we're past the point, but there's a point where writing makes sense. There's a point where you just, you, I mean, if, if it's your community, if, the, if it was, if it was uh, six foot five white guys from Norway um, that, that it was happening to you, there's a point where I lose it. And, I'm, and I'm, I would be so angry that I would, I would have to do something. And there isn't really a good thing to do. What do you do? when so many people die like this. And so a lot of the conversation we had this morning in Q and a was about that. Um, and you know, what does this mean for the economy? And the interesting thing is all these stores that are getting, um, you know, damage done to them and, and stuff's getting stolen from them. And, and, and most of these stores, and this is, you know, when you see it happening on, on the news, you don't think this through, but most of these stores are going to have insurance on, on whatever's in their store that they're selling. Some of them won't. And that's, that's a, you know, unfortunate. It's also sort of poor planning. One one could have insurance. You know, that's the the definition of financial planning is taking care of all the things that could go wrong to give you the ability to take care of the things that can go right. Um, and 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 theft in a retail store is one of those things that you you insure against. Um, anyway, so 
all these all this damage is going to be covered by insurance. The products that were sitting on shelves that didn't have people visit them for the last two months, those products are also insured. So in a way, and this is twisted, and I understand how twisted this is, but in a way, they're making sales that they couldn't ordinarily make because insurance is going to reimburse. And let's say let's say 70% of stores have insurance. That means 70% of the stuff that was not moving off of shelves anyways because no one could shop and it was stolen, but insurance is going to reimburse many of those businesses. Um, so in a way, they're doing more business now than they would have anyways, even though they're not doing business and a bunch of damage, you know, all those kinds of things. But it's an interesting take on this um, to say that um, uh, they're actually moving product, not the right way, but they're moving product, right? Um, and so, so you think about it, I'm far more concerned about the historical moment of you know, the tipping point. And, and I, I, I'm hopeful that we as a culture can do something about it. Um, and I don't know what that thing is, but I'm hopeful we can do something about it. I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off no, no. on this thing. <laughs> no, I certainly appreciate that. It's, we're, we're living through um, a very, very important time. Um, yeah. So I think that everything you said is, 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 is very accurate. Um, and it's like when, when really bad things happen, when a really bad things, ha- when a really bad thing happens, if we're able to come together as a community and um, not to sound trite, but, but work together to, to heal it or, or find justice and then find solutions and get to the root cause of why this is happening um, in as constructive a way as possible. Because yes, I think that you're right. Like we need to pay attention. Why is this taking place? Because something is so bad and there's such a huge number of people in our, in our culture that are reacting this way that it needs our attention. Um, so, and I mean, community is in, 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 in good times and in bad times. I think it's, it's, it's what makes, life good and 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 it helps us through tough times and and it's it's who we enjoy the good times with so i think that everything you said is spot on so if we could i'd love to just i mean i i I know that that so much of your work is or a a passion of yours is helping um in in the workplace and, and and helping with employees and for me, it's, it's also a passion and it's because it's because of community and because of, of workplace cultures. And each one of those is its own little community. So I wanted to get your take on, on why it is that, that you, or how it is that community plays into just meaningful change. And that could be your diet and exercise, or it could be your, your, your financial situation. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a huge question. Uh, one, one that I'm not, I am not expert in, but, uh, you know, I can definitely, um, in our own community, well, there's, you know, in our own community, and I'm in, I'm in Berkeley, uh, California. Um, and, and like you said, whatever the issue is, um, whether it's diet and exercise or whether it's, you know, financial literacy or, or whatever it might be in the things that I do with those companies that we work with is around financial literacy. Yes. We, we, we manage 401ks and we, we, you know, support, uh, uh, the company itself in being the fiduciary on their 401k, on the retirement plan systems, on their, on their retirement plan services. Um, but the thing that makes us different, and we have the same stable of potential vendors as anyone else that does it, the, things that, the thing that makes us different is our educational platform and, and our commitment to providing financial literacy. And this, for me, 
actually started out as uh, a tool the, the the courses and the things that, that we teach um, started as a tool to train my wealth management clients kids and then my wealth management clients said well you know does it have to be my kids or, or can we attend yeah and so so they started coming and attending to some of these things and then we were like you know what we have these classes let's just you know check in with our 401k clients and see if they'd like us to do a little bit more uh, for them and they're like totally yeah i'd love to have it and so we have you know we've got digital classes we've got you know live classes we've got you know this this q a thing that i've been doing for the last two months with um uh with clients because of the of the covid um we've done, we've done that for a long time not on a weekly basis but on like on a monthly basis hey you know we don't you're, you may not be a client but you're a you're a um um, you're a participant in one of the plans that we cover and you may have questions about something outside that plan. Well, we have office hours. We do a Q&A. We just let people call in and ask questions. And it could be about long-term care insurance. It could be about, you know, uh, what do I do with this on my taxes? It could be about whatever it is. And we just try to help them or, or at least give them resources that can um, uh, support them in those decisions that they have to make, whether or not they're anything that has to do with their 401k. Uh, and it's, it's interesting that our role as educators, and I think that, you know, banks and insurance companies, you can find lots of different educational programs out there, right? Um, almost all of those are pointed at selling a product. And if, if you, if those are the only things that people have access to, then they're going to buy those products that we all know that we all, meaning, you know, financial advisors and financial planners and people that are fiduciaries know are just crap. And if that's the only access they have to the information, they're just going to end up owning a bunch of crap <laughs> and they're not going to have any plan. They're not going to know. They're not going to understand what they have to do in terms of, you know, checking a credit profile in terms of, you know, right now, oh, what a great time to refinance your mortgage right now. And they're not going to know that because their bank doesn't want them to refinance and get to take a lower rate, right? Their bank wants to keep the old rate. They want to get 5% interest instead of 3% interest on your mortgage. So they're not going to tell you about that. So you, we, us, the financial advisory, the fiduciary community, have to step up our game. We gotta, we gotta provide more education. We gotta, we gotta serve more people. And I think you probably know this as well. That the problem, or one of the big problems, is that we're all. Most advisors are trained to consistently move up market. I want to work with wealthier people. Wealthier people. I want to have fewer clients and make more money per client. And that it just ends up leaving a bunch of people behind on the education curve. And we can, we can take the tools and the wisdom we've learned and we use with our wealthy clients and we can actually support and educate a much broader swath of people. Now, when I think of mindful money, that is our community message. That is, that is the heart and soul of what we do is we help people learn to make better decisions that they, you know, educate them in a way they won't have access to in other places. Um, and it's kind of Robin Hoody, you know, cause I'm, I'm taking the revenue source of my, of my, of my wealthier clients and I'm producing some, um, educational, you know, digital educational videos and things that I can offer to people and give them the right messages and the right, the right training that they need. I appreciate all that. The right message and the right training. And that's, I mean, it's so important. Obviously, we just, you were just talking about how there, there are these 
just a dearth of financial literacy programs out there, but the, the problem is they're designed to sell something, and there's just some kind of a sales pitch on, on the other side of it. So so being able to have those those real and honest conversations with people, I think, is, is, is truly what people need. And, I mean, the, the goal being to really help people to put a plan together, right? Yep. Yep. That's, I mean, that's the, that's our marquee course. I mean, I, I, uh, I wrote, you already know this. I wrote this book, mindful money, you know, simple practices, reaching financial goals and increasing your happiness dividend. And in the book, there's an exercise at the end of every single chapter. And there's like 20 something, 26 chapters. And at, at the end of every chapter, there's a, there's a very simple exercise that you do the first chapter, you do the second chapter, you assume you're on the eighth chapter, your 12th chapter, your 20th chapter. And at the end of the book, you have a financial plan. Like you, you've, you've done the work. It's do it yourself, right? There's not an advisor in the, in the thing, but you follow through and you've got a debt payment plan. You've got a, you've got a, a savings plan. You've got an investment plan. It's all, it all comes together to at the end, you have a plan and it is the plan. And I think this is one of the things we talked about a lot last time we talked. Um, how do we, how do we change the mentality uh, of the folks that are consuming financial media away from being market focused and performance driven to more goal focused and planning driven. And if, if people can do that, if people can get out of the market focus, you know, what, you know, what, what is such and such stock doing today? How, how is this, how are the riots affecting the S and P? You know, if you get out of that mentality and you can start being goal focused and planning driven, you realize that there are no in the moment decisions. You know, there's no leverage you can pull by trading or timing the market or selecting better investments that'll help you win in the short term. There is only things you can do that can help you win in the long term. Uh, and so focus on that and, and you'll have better outcomes. And that starts with that education. That starts with understanding where you can have an effect and where you should probably have humility instead of trying to make it, make a decision. Yeah, no, I appreciate that very much. And so much of if, if you were just to turn on financial media thinking, okay, this is the things I should be focused on because if it weren't, then why would every financial TV show on, <laughs> on TV be talking about it? Um, and I knew that I, I knew I've, when, when I started investing in my 20s, I was just trying to pick stocks and you know follow trends and, and all that. And it just couldn't have been a, horrible, a more awful decision. And, 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 and I work in the industry. So if you don't and you don't have access to to just that simple it's not simple but 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 that shift away from that to being goal focused and planning driven well then you don't ever know that yeah um yeah it's it, so i i was raised my, my early years in the industry was was the was 1996789 so that i was my my formative years were the dot com years and if you think about that, everyone, everyone could trade their way to wealth for mm -hmm. about four years there. And they did, I mean, they did ridiculous. I think the NASDAQ in 99 was up a hundred percent in one year. <laughs> and if you, and there were stocks on the NASDAQ that were up, were up, you know, 300% mm -hmm. and 500%. I had clients from the tech companies and their stocks were, you know, 300% this year, they'd go up 200% and split the next year. And it was just, you know, and you're trying to, you, I was pitching, Hey, you should probably own some value, but you should probably own some, you should probably own some international and you should probably have some bonds in here too. And they were like, are you crazy? What? You know, we're making, we're making a hundred percent a year. Can you promise me that? And I'm like, no, but 
you know, this is going to go away, right? This is short term. You, this will not last. And, you know, some people listened, some people didn't. And that's just how it, that's how it's always going to be. And it might not <laughs> be as, as crazy as, as that time and whatever, but there's always going to be something else and some other shiny object um, that we want to put our eye on, that we want to focus our time on. That's what our brains work, right? We, we, we want to buy when things are high. We want to sell when things are low. Um, so it's media media's fault and it's also our brain's fault. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the two really fight against us, right? Yeah. yeah. That 24 hour cycle, news cycle, blah, 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 blah. It's just constant, constant, constant bombarding us. And our brain, the amygdala can't tell the difference between, can't tell the difference between is this, is, is this something, is this a lion? Cause that's all it sees. It's just mm-hmm. lions going to eat us. Just lions going to eat us. And, and it's, it's almost none of this stuff. And it's the longer I'm in this industry, the less often I look at my own portfolio. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm in the industry, right? So I have to watch my models, but I, I absolutely know that I get emotionally involved in my own assets. And if I look at my own assets and see that my portfolio is down 30%, I have an emotional response to that. Even though I know that there's nothing I can do about it, there's nothing I should do about it, there's nothing I need to do about it, um, but I still have an emotional response. And so to not have to overcome that emotional response I just follow my plan. My plan says, you know, Jonathan, of your income, you save this much every month. And this much goes into these three or four broadly diversified pieces of your portfolio. And you don't have to think about it. You just keep putting more in every month. You put a little bit more in, a little bit more in. And if it goes down, I don't have to think about it. I just know I got more going in, so it's going to buy cheap. And if it goes up, I don't really have to think about it because I know I'm going to put more in, but it's going to buy things, buy fewer shares at a higher price. You know, I just, and I don't look anymore. Uh, and, and I'm looking at, it's weird to say that because, you know, people are higher us go, well, you're, you're not looking at portfolio. Yeah, I am. I'm looking at their portfolios. I'm not as emotionally involved in their, their portfolios. Um, I just know that there's activities we have to take and we take those activities and that's it. And we don't, don't overthink it. Don't get scared, worried about the human stuff, the economic stuff. It literally takes care of itself. Once you, once you have it built right, it kind of manages itself correctly. Amen. Love it. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jonathan, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, I forgot you were going to ask me about a difference-making tip. What is this? Yeah, I think I think I think the main thing is 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 stop predicting, start planning, and then you can add on, stay mindful. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets. Come on, come on. Stop predicting. Stop. Start predicting, stop predicting, start planning, and stay mindful. I think that that is excellent right there. It sums it up. I love it. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, easy easy enough. Uh, the website is mindful.money. And if you want to skip the website, you can actually go to um, Amazon and get, pick up Mindful Money, the book. Um, and, and anyone that wants to put their name into anyone, anyone that's in this, in the Savage Nation that wants to put their name in, um, and say Savage Nation, we're going to, when we launch the next digital course, we're going to give everyone uh, a discount, uh, that, uh, that sees us on Savage Nation. Excellent. Okay. And so t- tell me more about how, how, how they can take advantage of that. Yeah. On the website, mindful money, you, uh, there's, there's a place that you can just pop in your email and your name and your email address and just make sure you say in the note there that you saw us on Savage Nation. Got it. Perfect. Well, Jonathan, uh, thank you again for, for, thank you again for coming back on and thanks always for listening. Everybody go to mindful.money 
for all the great resources that Jonathan has. You can find his book on Amazon. And when you go to mindful.money, uh, enter your information into the uh, the email box and let him know that you listen on the podcast and you'll get a discount on the new course. Thank you again, Jonathan. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.